0: Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I am always excited about my guests and getting to meet new people who love the Lord. And who love others, and that's my guest today. Um, she is Publishers Weekly best-selling author Jessica Patch. She is known for her dry wit and signature twist. Whether she's penned a romantic suspense, a cold case thriller, or a small town romance. When she's not getting into fictional mischief with her characters, I love that, you can find her cozy on the couch in her Mid-South home, reading books by some of her favorite authors, watching movies with her family, and collecting recipes to amazing dishes that she'll probably never cook. And that's me, Jessica, too. Okay. You can sign up for her newsletter. It's called Patched In at Jessica rpatch.com. and Jessica is represented by Rachel Kenneth Books and such literary management. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Jessica.
1: Thank you, Teresa. I'm so glad to be here. I appreciate you inviting me.
0: Absolutely. I, I love that our mutual friend connected us and that's a divine connection. And I uh, I love what you do, of course. And I, I, I want to hear all about what God has done in your life. But why don't you start um when you were a child, what were you like?
1: I was actually a really obedient child yeah. <laughs> with a very big imagination. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time playing baby dolls. I spent a lot of time playing Barbies, probably far longer than one should play Barbies. <laughs> but I loved to create backstories and characters and then put them into these starring roles. It was all about the story more than just playing with their hair or whatever the case may be. But I love to create characters and stories with dolls and Barbies. And so I spent most of my early years uh, with my imagination, just pretending and playing, and spending a lot of time actually alone, though I have two siblings in my room doing these things.
0: Okay, well, there's nothing wrong with that because look what you're doing right now. You're doing the same thing, maybe not with Barbie dolls,
1: but you're doing. If you the same. Say Barbie dolls. I might sit down right now and do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, were you raised in a Christian atmosphere and
1: home? I was. I was raised in a Christian home by Christian parents and we were at church every time the door was open. I spent most of my childhood and my teen years at church camp, which is where I found a lot of spiritual growth. I think it was during those times that really formed me spiritually. So I love youth camp and church camp. I have a big heart for, for youth camps.
0: Okay, so what books did you enjoy reading as a child?
1: As a young child, of course, I would read Beverly, Clearly, Ramona. I read Mm -hmm. The Little House on the Prairie series. And then as I got a little bit older, I became obsessed with the Sweet Valley High series by Francine Pascal. I think there were probably two or three hundred of those books, and I probably read every single one of them.
0: So you always had a love for reading then?
1: Absolutely.
0: Where did that come from? Did your parents do a lot of reading? Did you have a lot of books around you?
1: My mom was an avid reader, as well as my maternal and paternal grandmother. They loved mysteries, especially my paternal grandmother reading Mary Higgins Clark. And I just grabbed a hold of whatever my mom was reading, whatever my grandmothers were reading. And of course, when we were small, my mom would read to us Chronicles of Narnia. So from a very early uh, age, reading was instilled in us as important and a a great way to pass the time
0: you know and i think that's so important that you said that because maybe people weren't surrounded by that as a child but as a grown adult now they can do that with their own children or i i am a nana to 14 grandchildren so i can also do that with my grandchildren you know yes it's So so important it is and if you missed out as a child i know um you know, my parents, they did not do that. Now my dad did read the funny papers, so I was very interested <laughs> in the funnies. Um, but it's important that we read to our children and that, that we have books and that we encourage them to read. So where do you get your ideas and inspiration for writing a book? But l- let's, b- let's back up. Okay. So when did you become interested in writing first and what was your first book idea?
1: I think I've always been interested in writing or storytelling. Let me put it that way. I've always been a storyteller, whether it's sitting in the cafeteria with my junior high friends, uh, creating a happily ever after story with their junior high crush or writing a, a fantasy in a journal that I bought. But I never actually thought about writing as a profession until 2008. Because I think I've always been a storyteller and a writer.
0: OK, OK. So what about your first book? Was that in 2008 when you wrote that?
1: I did. I wrote my first book in 2008 when I recognized that there was inspirational fiction. I did not realize that there was stories out there that were clean, that had a faith element to it, a Christian worldview. And when I got a hold of that, I thought, oh, wow. And I just, I prayed and I felt, um, the Lord leading me in that direction. And so knowing absolutely nothing, but loving to be able to tell story, I just sat down and began to write. Very green, but Mm -hmm. I sat down and started and I just didn't stop.
0: Well, you know, those clean stories, we need those. I mean, there's no sense in putting all that Junk in there. I feel like it ruins things, including movies as well. But I love—I I read so many different authors now. I never liked to read as a child, but that doesn't matter right now. I didn't start reading till I was forty years old, but I fell in love. I fell in love with reading and just that. You know, historical fiction or any, any type of fiction. Um, and I love real stories too, but it's important that we fill our minds with those things from above, those things that are also clean, you know? So I thank you for doing that and, um, for listening to the Lord when it, when it came to writing. So where do you get your ideas and inspiration?
1: They come from. A plethora of places. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's during my Bible reading. To be honest, uh, when I'm reading, I, I'm just today I was reading about in Jeremiah how they wouldn't, they wanted to listen to the false prophets because they were prophesying peace that they wouldn't go into seventy years of captivity, and they they wanted to hear that, and yet Jeremiah was telling the truth, and it just kind of sparked this kernel of an idea about how people live in a sense of false security. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of has been percolating all day into some characters and an idea of a particular suspense and how a villain might be able to target people who are living in false senses of security. So that just came from my chronological Bible reading today.
0: Oh, that is awesome. You know, I was talking about that, actually, my faith-based fitness class about that false sense of security, like... I would say the really young generation sometimes, you know, where they have the avatars of themselves online, they, they, Uh I feel like they're trying to live that. Like they don't know who they are. So who do you, yeah. Who do you write for and who is your audience?
1: Obviously, I think the, the obvious answer here is I write for Jesus. I write Mm -hmm. for his glory and his honor. because all things are from him and through him and to him for his glory. So I write for him. My audience is, primarily Christian women. But I've learned that you're never going to make the universe happy. I mean, you're going to make everyone universally happy. So I write stories that I would want to read. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to do. And if I think it's interesting, and it's a book that I would pick up, then that's a book that I'm going to write, but primarily Christian women.
0: Mm -hmm. That's smart, too, that you you say that you write um, something that you would like to read I think that's very smart because God's giving you that knowing and that intuition and as you're reading the word I love that you get inspired by the word because different people will say different things you know or they had a dream or they were just you know they were walking and they saw something but I love that your inspiration comes from the word that is so and you know that's God we both know that Absolutely, that's, that is God amazing We need to take a really quick break here. So let's take a break, and we'll come back and hear more from author Jessica Patch. Everyone stay tuned. Dad, I picked up your pills, made your lunch, and your laundry is done.
1: When you care for a loved one, you take care of everything. But are you taking care of yourself? Find free care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council.
0: Welcome back to Shape by Faith where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. Author Jessica Patch is with me today and I already enjoy just hearing you, Jessica, just talk about the Lord and how He inspires you in His Word and how you've always been that avid reader. So um here's what I want to know, okay? So you write a variety of genres. You write fiction, romantic suspense, cold case thrillers. You write devotionals. I'm sure you write even more than what I just mentioned, so... Why do you write so many different genres? And what's your favorite to write, if you do have a favorite?
1: It's It's hard to say. I got my start writing devotionals uh, as an adult because I love the Word of God. I love sharing the Word of God. I love teaching the Word of God. And I began to blog devotionals. I began to put uh, devotionals into our church monthly newsletter. I have ten devotionals in. Guideposts, Every Day with Jesus, 2018 edition. I just love writing devotionals because I love the Word of God. And I also write, well, thrillers, mysteries, and suspense kind of all go together. And I enjoy writing those too. I love um, being able to take fictional people but then bringing in the truth, the the biblical truth into that story. So while it's fictional story, the, the truth of God is real. And so people are being entertained, but they're also hopefully being ministered to through a struggle that they might be in as well. So I really can't say that I have, Favorite. I think whatever I'm writing at the time is probably (laughs) my favorite.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, I I think your stories and your devotionals, um, when people read them, they take a pause. I mean, they probably, I would think, reflect on different things that you've mentioned. And it always draws them towards Christ. And that's what we want to do as Christians um, in whatever we're doing in life, you know. So um, that's pretty neat that you get to do that. I remember in 2009, I didn't even know someone asked me to write a blog for them. I was so embarrassed. I didn't even know what a blog was.
1: I'm I like, know. I've, I've been there. <laughs> uh,
0: mm. and I turned them down and now they're, they're, they're this really high profile Christian person. I'm like, darn it. I just <laughs> missed my opportunity. It's all good. It's all good. Tell us about your writing journey, um, to become a published author. And I know it's not an easy journey. So, We want to hear your story.
1: It's not an easy journey. It's a long journey. But, you know, the Lord, when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he didn't take them the short way. It says he took them the long way around. And I have found that long journeys... (laughs) are the best journeys. They really give us that time to learn, to build our faith and our dependency and our trust in the Lord. And so I'm thankful for a long journey. And I think writers should be thankful for long journeys. And instead of trying to focus on getting to the publication, really just sink into the day-to-day leading of the Lord in that journey. So I wrote in 2008 my novel, and um, I didn't really know what to do with that. I was very green. You're talking about not knowing a blog. I had a friend beg me to blog forever. I finally started in, I think, 2009 or 10. And I ended up going to a conference in Denver. It was Jerry B. Jenkins writing for the Soul Conference. And I pitched to an agent. And she asked for my manuscript. That was in early 2011. I'm sorry. And later that year, she offered. Offered me representation, and you know, even then, you don't quote unquote arrive. At that point, we began pitching book after book that had been written, and in 2014, I received my first contract with Harlequin's Love Inspired uh, imprint, which is their faith imprint. They have a lot of imprints, but this is their uh, Christian faith imprint, and. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've written sixteen novels and one psychological thriller for Harlequin's Faith Baseline.
0: Wow, that's that's an amazing accomplishment. And you you stayed in there. You didn't like give it up. I mean, I think. People can get um, frustrated, you know, if things don't happen quickly. But with writing, like you said, it is it is a long journey. How have you seen God step in and help orchestrate the publishing of your different books?
1: Oh, wow. That We do not have enough time for all of the wonderful things that God has done to, to build my faith and to teach me to trust him and to hang on to those promises that that he's given me, but I will share one since my newest release is her darkest secret. It's a trade length book. So it is, it's a grittier thriller. It's grittier. It has a little bit darker subject matter. It's still absolutely clean with a redemption thread and, and faith based theme. Mm-hmm. But I had been turned down over and over and over again, and it became very disheartening. And I thought, I'm not ever going to be able to write this. And this is the story. This is one of the stories of my heart. And I really, really got down for, for several weeks. You know, I always give myself when I get a rejection, I give myself a day, a pity party. And then I, and I say, okay, Lord, we're moving forward. But you know, I at least give myself a day to, you know, whine about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and I, I just thought this is the end of the road for this. I'm so thankful for what I am writing and I'm so thankful for the other opportunities. So I guess I'm just going to let this go. And a few months later, my agent said, I've sent this to love inspired and I got kind of tickled. I said, that's not a love inspired book and they have very conservative guidelines. Not that this isn't a, a, a liberal book per se, but it is grittier and they don't allow too much grit in the romantic suspense line. And she said, well, they're getting ready to open up a brand new trade imprint, but they haven't made it public yet. Mm. And and then another month later, a month or two later, they offered me a contract. And I was outside just praising the Lord and just really kind of boohooing and sobbing at just the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And I thought about that verse, uh, Psalm seventy-seven, nineteen. It says that your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a path no one knew was there. Mm. But, you know, behind me, I just, I just saw kind of the enemy nipping at my heels because I was getting very discouraged. And in front of me, it was a sea of obstacles that I didn't think I was going to get past. And what I didn't know was that God had a road already paved out. I just didn't see it. And I've noticed that over and over in my life, not just writing, but in, in many areas of my life. And so I just want to encourage anybody listening today that, even though you feel like the enemy is nipping at your heels and you see a sea of obstacles and opposition in front of you, God is going to make a way for you that you did not even know was there. And on the other side, you will marvel and give him glory for that. It will be amazing. It was amazing for me and it will be amazing for you.
0: That is so good. Gosh, and that is so true. God has a road, like you said, already paved out. He absolutely does. And don't give up. And I always say, you know, your breakthrough is five minutes away. Can you wait yes. five minutes? It's around the corner. And yes. Every single time. And, and I've gone to my husband saying, oh, this is not going to work. I've been trying to do this. And he's like, stop. <laughs> God already has a way. You need to get out of his way. You know, yes. and it's so true. It is so true. Thank you. But we definitely want to encourage everyone listening out there. God hears your prayers. He knows the road, and he's paved it just for you. Um, what inspires your hero and your leading lady in your books?
1: Well, it could be typically with, with what I write, what's inspiring them is to, to solve a case justice. They want to see justice served. And they don't always get what they want, but they always get what they need. And I think that that's true in life. We may not always see justice on this side, but we can be promised that justice will come. And we may not always get what we want here, but we're going to get what we need. And I think that's kind of the running theme for uh, law enforcement heroes and heroines in my stories.
0: That's good. Let's take another quick break. We'll be right back with more Shaped by Faith. Welcome back to Shaped by Faith. My guest is author Jessica Patch. Uh, Jessica, what kind of research do you do? I know everyone's a little bit different in their approach. And how long do you spend researching before beginning a book?
1: Research is a lot of fun, and each book requires a different Amount and a different approach. For example, if I'm writing a romance, I just I may have to research a small town that I want to model it after or a particular occupation. So not a lot, I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. But when I'm writing a thriller or crime procedural, then I want to make sure my facts are right, and I'll reach out to people in law enforcement, contacts in law enforcement to to understand the proper procedure. I may have to reach out to medical people. I have a lot of forensic books. I have a lot of books that if you looked on my shelf you would probably think what is going on in her head You <laughs> have <laughs> uh, those for a lot of realism, have a lot of forensic and investigative um Books, but I prefer to talk to people. I like Mm -hmm. to hear their stories and I like to hear their perspective. It kind of helps me when I'm creating that character because I think, you know, they'll say something that's very authentic. I'm going to say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So what time of the day do you like to write?
1: I'm a morning person, so I'm up early. I spend my time with the ward, do a few things around the house, and then I write about four hours in the morning to mid-morning and maybe in the afternoon. It just depends on the day and what's going on, but I at least write four to five hours a day every day, Monday through Friday.
0: And that's a discipline. Does, Does writing come easy for you?
1: Writing doesn't always come easy. Storytelling does. Stories mm-hmm. are easy. Putting it down, the craft, the word choice, how to shape the words, that can be difficult. But storytelling is always easy. Mm-hmm.
0: So how can someone, if they're first starting to write, you know, what are, what are some things they can do just to help themselves?
1: I encourage new writers to To join a writer's group in their local area, if they're writing fiction, there is American Christian fiction writers, national groups, chapter groups, all over. And I encourage you to get in a writing group. Um, I encourage you to, to read books on the craft. You can find a lot of really good books, even if you just research online and write writing craft Tips. Just Google that. And a lot of really good material for free. A lot of resources will pop up for you. So definitely spend time doing that. And also spend time reading. Read a lot. Uh, read in the genres that you like to write. And write down what you like about the books. I encourage you to do all of those things to, to be a better writer.
0: Okay. That's great advice. So how do you weave your faith into your stories?
1: Organically. <laughs> hmm uh, I like to I like to create my character with a wound, an internal conflict and the internal conflict always, couples with their spiritual need. So once I know what their wound is like, maybe they haven't forgiven someone who betrayed them. Well then I know that they have to forgive. And so I'm going to weave that organically and take them through the struggles, um, steps moving forward to possibly forgive. And then something happens where they feel like they can't forgive. And then we're going to move them forward again. So you're going to see a real organic struggle with these particular things. It could be forgiveness, it could be, it could be anything, it could be losing your hope or asking the heart questions like, you know, is is God really for me and why does God let bad things happen? And really tough questions that we wrestle with. And so you'll see characters wrestling with some of these things and then we get to organically untangle them and let the light shine on the truth of that question.
0: I like that. Do you know the story in your characters before you begin to write or do you have an idea?
1: I always have an idea, and I write for a publishing house that requires a full synopsis before uh, before the book actually is written. So I, I'm kind of pushed into knowing the whole story. But even when I begin writing, things will, will change. Mm-hmm. Scenes will change, and certain things will happen that will just pop on the screen. But for the most part, I, I do know where the direction I'm going in.
0: Okay. What do you enjoy most about writing villain characters into your stories?
1: Oh, I love to write villains in my stories, and I like to write villains because with heroes and heroines, you get to show readers what has shaped and formed their beliefs about themselves, about others, about the world, about God, and then they get to make these choices, and heroes and heroines don't always make the best choices, but they end up making good choices And in the books, and then with villains, I like to do the same thing, I like to show them In their world, what has shaped their view of themselves, of people, of the world, of God, and they mirror one another because the villain may have the same type of backstory as a hero or heroine, but they're making different choices. And so we get to uh, see that uh, contrast, the light and the dark. And I love to do that. So I like writing in their point of view so that readers get to see what shaped them in their backstory.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good. So what do you hope your readers take away from your books?
1: Absolutely. Hope in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. No matter what they're going through, whatever struggles they're in, there is always, always hope in Jesus. He is always the answer for every question that you have. Of course, entertainment, but mostly hope in Jesus. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's great. So what's next for you, Jessica? Are you writing something currently or what's going on?
1: I am. I'm working on the first book in a brand new series that follows a family that owns a Texas aftermath recovery and grief counseling. Mm. So in a nutshell, they're crime scene cleaners, and the the sister is a grief counselor.
0: Mm. That's interesting. That's very interesting. It seems like you write for men as well. I know my husband loves Reading crime, you know, and watching it <laughs> I, as well. I bet you have a lot of men out there too that read. Um, I have.
1: I have an audience of men that read the uh, romantic suspense, but I have noticed with this new thriller that has just released, her darkest secret. Several. I've had several, several uh, emails or women telling me, my husband read this book or and he loved this book. So I'm seeing a bigger audience of men in the thrillers than I am the romantic suspense. It's a little heavier handed on the romance. Mm-hmm. I- Thrillers are, it's, it's a lighter romance thread and I see men tend to, you know, want the lighter thread.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, it is such a pleasure speaking with you. I wish we had more time, but it's out, but people can find you at jessicapatch.com. Is that correct? JessicaRpatch.com. Yes. JessicaRpatch.com. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't write that down correctly. JessicaRpatch.com. Any other places you want to mention where they can find you?
1: If you're on BookBub, you can Mm -hmm. join me on BookBub, and I also have a Facebook page where I post a lot of fun stuff and connect with my readers daily, and that's Jessica Patch on Facebook.
0: All right, Jessica, thank you so much. Again, it's been very enjoyable, and I can't wait to see what God continues to do with you, so thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed my time. Thank you so much. Absolutely, and thank you.
0: Everyone have a blessed day.
1: Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe.
0: Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.
1: From the Cabinet Doors and
0: More studio, this.